0: Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Revenue Rehab. I am your host, Brandy Starr, and we have another amazing episode for you today. I am joined by Kasper Sirslev. Kasper has more than 20 years of experience in the advertising industry and quite a few creative awards for his work. He has written two best best-selling books and works with international big brands such as Apple, Lego, and Mars. Casper has built and directed the in-house creative departments at Mearsic, George Jensen, and Sesco Bank, and has helped other organizations and brands set up their team. Casper, welcome to Revenue Rehab. Your session begins now.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Brandy, and thank you for having me.
0: Uh I'm excited to have you today. Looking forward to talking to you. Um, but before we jump into our topic, I like to break the ice with a little woo-saw moment that I call buzzword banishment. So tell me, what buzzword would you like to get rid of forever?
1: Oh, it's a, it's a love-hate thing, but I really hate the word agile. And at the same time, I kind of like the way you could actually work with it. It's just the word and and the whole yeah agileness of everything, and we have to be flexible and and so on. um but <clears throat> yeah, that's that's I think that's the one <laughs>
0: uh I am with you on that one. I love the agile principles, um, and we use the approach, but I do think it is a word that gets overused in how are we being agile is this agile and it's you know i think it's the big a versus little a in agile but uh for at least for this discussion we'll put that in the box throw away the key we won't talk about being agile (laughs) well now that we have gotten that off our chest tell me what brings you to revenue rehab today
1: well, basically it's 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 talking about in-house agencies and how we can work with creativity in, in in-house agencies and and but also actually look at how we can shape the workflows and how we, we work in-house because a lot of things I've learned at the external side uh, a long time ago never quite made it to the in-house agencies. Uh, so it's 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 a lot about processes that that actually, when you look at it, allow us to be more creative, work in a different way with in-house agencies and not by just being part of, of, of a marketing department. So long long story to, to get to the point, sorry.
0: I love it. And we have uh, tackled the in-house versus external a few times on Revenue Rehab. So for everyone listening, after our conversation with Casper, go back to episodes uh, 44 and 82. Uh, Those were good places where we also dived into this debate because I think everybody has a different perspective. And I know you've got a strong one on the in-house side of things. So I'm looking forward to diving into that. Um, But First, I believe in setting intentions. It gives us focus, it gives us purpose, and most important, it gives our audience an understanding of what they should expect from our discussion today. So what's your best intention? What would you like people to take away from our discussion?
1: Well, well, first of all, I would like us to take away that it's not about either or. So the latest book, and I'm not going to do the promotion, is called Win Win House. So it's about both sides is taking the best from external agencies and from in-house and when you have some kind of in-house setup look at where does it make sense to have it in-house and where should you bring in the rock stars the experts the specialists and so on because you can't do both I think so so that's the the takeaway go back and look at how your setup is really made who who's doing what where does it make sense to have people in-house
0: uh, perfect. Um, and so that gives me a good place to start to dive in, because I am of the same mindset that it is not an either or, it is a both, and it is always figuring out where that is best identified. Um, and so starting with some of the key points that, you know, I've talked about here on the couch before, some of the common thought processes are you know, that your core expertise and subject matter experts like your leaders, some of those core things you really need people to do, the subject matter experts, those are the things that you need to maintain in-house and that you outsource for the gaps and for the scale and for those specific experiences. Um, And so that's kind of, you know, summarizing a, a couple talks I've had on this I'd like your perspective on, you know, just kind of that basic foundation of what stays internal versus what goes external before I start to dive a little deeper.
1: Well, I think so. So, uh, I mean, having the brand knowledge, the product knowledge and so on, that makes a lot of sense to have to have the more technical, the content writers in-house, for instance. So you have the creative part doing content everyday content working with the systems tools brand platforms and such that that you have that also makes a lot of sense to have in-house but you know if you need to reach out to a certain certain audience somewhere some uh, it makes a lot of sense to actually go out and find those experts or, or if you need to some brand new outside in perspective uh, it makes a lot of sense to to call in the creatives that work with a lot of different brands at the same time. So it's, it's very much about, you know, figuring out, are you doing this a lot? Is it, does it make sense? It it sounds very easy. It is, but uh, to, to bring those, those people in because you use them that much, it, it gets you much faster uh, from a starting point. If you just, if you don't need to write that entire brief, especially when you work with complex products or, or markets, um, so, I mean, if I used to work at, at, at an investment bank or actually was a fintech and try to explain to an ad, external agency how to deal with futures and options and so on took forever. So, so, so that kind of stuff where you had uh, internal copywriters who actually understood what the product was and how to to frame it made a lot of sense. But we also made the big mistake sometimes of of being too internal forgetting that people didn't knew what we knew so so you have to have that you know outside in perspective somebody coming in and say yeah that's that's fine but nobody talks like that uh, in the real world or something like so so i think it's it's, it's that balance that's that's interesting um so normally i would say yep yeah, content everyday content you are your uh graphic designers your your web managers and so on where it's it, it's a systems and tool about mart- uh, knowledge um where you can adjust easily you can also you know have a, a kind of a learning loop when you have a hypothesis on something you post you very easy get feedback on what you're doing and you can adjust to it and that's more difficult with an external agency so I okay. think it's 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 really a balance, but it's a lot of companies are not looking at it. And I think that's the the problem,
0: yes, I agree completely. Um, and so, you know, there's obviously the financial cost benefit that happens. And you know, that kind of is pretty easy to analyze. But I think you know, you hit on subtly some of those points in terms of what are the the benefits and the cost. Um, you know, you talked about it taking longer if, you know, you needed to outsource certain things that are related to industry knowledge, but then that also creates blind spots. Um, so talk a bit about the, you know, cost and benefits uh, of both approaches outside of the financial.
1: Yeah, yeah, because for the fin- financial side, I think uh, we did a big analysis last year. Um and, and both sides, I mean, the the pro in-house and the pro external says this is the cheapest model. So it de- really depends on where you, how, how to cut the cake, so to speak. So apart from the financials, I think it, it makes sense when you, when you combine things. So for instance, when we are doing bigger things in the agencies that we run, we bring in the externals, creative people that have that outside-in perspective are more... Senior, and we put them in the same room as the internal team that knows the brand guidelines, the tone of voice, and so on. So we have someone, you know, pushing the envelope a bit, uh, but we also have someone keeping it, holding it back, and say that's not how we talk here, and so on. So, 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 doing the creative work in that in the same room, and and I really talk about for me, it's a lot about the idea itself. So if you're doing a campaign or Or something like that really keep it at an idea level so i almost i always say like black ink and white paper if you can draw it and write it on a on a piece of paper with an ink marker and and people understand it and it's great i'm sure it will be great when you bring in uh industrial light and magic and do your the photographers and everyone so 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 i think the idea is to 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 put people together. So have that outside in perspective mixed with the internal team that knows the brand and the stories and so on. That's how you can start a process very, very easy. That's I think that's that's my one of my takeaways is to try to mix it and don't do that much either or so you brief an external agency and then they come back with something that doesn't fit your platform or your tools or the way that you're normally doing doing it.
0: Yeah, that collaborative approach um, it almost creates a, a system of checks and balances where you know you're not staying. And I, I know inside and outside the box is an overused term that I think's been banished at some point, but you're not staying too inside the box with the people that you know know the brand inside and out. You've still got someone to push the envelope, but that balance and I like that sort of yin and yang balance of. Internal versus external, because I do think that that is like where we win um, is finding what that blend is. Um, and I know you talked a bit at the beginning about you know those inside resources and the internal agencies, so to speak, of what they can learn from the third parties. Um, What I'd like to hear a little bit more, because I think that ties to some of the costs and benefits as well in terms of how things are run. I'd love to hear more of your thoughts around, you know, what are the gaps in those internal agencies where they can learn from some of those external places?
1: I think uh, some of the places I've been and worked with some of the companies I've worked with, the, the problem is often that things are too mixed. So, sometimes you need that i don't know it's not that vogue to say that that diva thing where you say i can't work with it and i walk away and that's really difficult if you have to go down and have lunch right after because you're in the same meeting same you know office space so so sometimes you need to be that kind of external and say this is the best way to do it um and what we see a lot when we talk with different companies is that they can type, they kind of mix things up so they have the graphic designers and the copywriters sitting in the middle of the marketing department and people can just walk over and say oh could you fix this so you don't get that proper brief and you're not allowed to really you know take a step back and and see think is this actually the the right solution for this is is, is there another way that i can do it because it's it's more like Going around and and just say oh fix this and do that and can you write a small copy for this one and so on. So the the, the first thing we normally do when we work with companies is to say have you have do you have your your processes your roles and responsibilities your swim lanes, all the boring stuff that actually allows you to optimize a bit on the processes. And it sounds maybe counterintuitive, but when you have really strict swim lanes of who's doing what when then you can also allocate more time to the creative phase of, of the things the 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 initial phase where you actually have with ideas because all the rest is the same i mean it you don't have to invent a new way to do a, a banner or a social post or or translate something that's that's just work or processes or, or um so so a lot of times people don't really have this in order. They they just work and they just bring in experts and they sit them next to the to the other guys in the marketing department and expect them to do what they did at the agency. So it is about looking at the flows you have on an ad, because the advertising agencies we we used to work a lot in flows and boxes and you have a project manager coming with a brief and say you guys you work on this and this is and bring it on to the next the next table, so to speak, very much like a assembly line, um, and it it actually works because it's it's difficult to make money on advertising. You sell by the hour, and, uh, <laughs> and 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 how much does an idea actually cost, so on. So so you can learn, I think, a lot from from that process, from looking at how would would we like the the different content pieces or campaigns to run through our marketing machine.
0: Yeah. And I I agree that process is is really key. I know that's something that we've worked with clients on quite a bit is, you know, as an external agency, we are like helping them to define like, this is what the process needs to look like, whether we're involved or not. And we've seen that where people are like, hey, you guys operate really efficiently, you know, efficiently. When we work with you, there's like this rigid process, there's documentation, there's all these things how do we get that, you know, on the internal side as well? And so I do think that that process um, and rigor that comes behind, you know, how things are getting done is a great place where if you don't have that internally, it's kind of a cost of holding things inside because you don't have that, whereas it is a benefit and you can really put those together so that you've got a seamless process, and that I agree is another way that you're winning in that blended ecosystem is to bring some of that rigor internal as well.
1: I mean, yeah, what what we see is when people in you know put processes in place, and that we don't have to be involved. It could be someone just you know, you know, <laughs> got an advice somewhere or, or built them themselves. They normally save thirty to forty percent or they gain 30 to 40% in efficiency in what they're doing because they're not going back once they created the film or all the banners and going back and saying, maybe blue is better or something like that because they decide things at the right time. And I think that's that's very important. Um, another thing that I see is, in, in, in contrary to the external agencies, a lot of the inside agencies has more tasks on the plate. So they're producing more... That means there's shorter time to actually step back and and look at what you are actually doing. You're more in the production mode. Say, okay, I need 10 so- social media posts in the next two hours. Let's just type something out or use the chat GPT to help me out or something like that. You know, um, So where the creative agency often takes you know just a couple of hours, maybe go out and take a walk and so on and look for inspiration. And I'm not saying that, I love. I have this quote from from a guy called Chuck Crow, uh, Close, who used to say, uh, "Inspiration is for amateurs. The rest of us go to work." And I actually, I, I really like that because uh, working with in house, you don't have that much time, so you just have to figure out a way to come up with all those ideas. Sit down, start start creating, uh, and then your inspiration will come later on. You can't you cannot just sit and wait for that eureka moment and, and so on. Um,
0: so- in thinking, so I'd, I'd like to dig into that a little more. So in thinking about how you blend the internal versus external, what you, what I'm hearing is actually different than what I've seen. So I'd, I'd like you to talk about it a little more because I know I have often seen that timelines are faster and you get a greater scale by tapping into external versus doing things internally. But, what I'm hearing from you is that that may be the opposite because the there's more pressure on the internal resources to crank things out, whereas an external agency has the ability to to step back and reflect more. So where are um so and again, trying to find that balance, where do you see you sit things when you need to scale versus where you need greater creativity?
1: I, I, I think it's because it's it's two two things at the same time, because I think back to the the, the point that it's not really it's it's hard to make money as an external agency. so you actually have to do a lot at the same time. So the external agencies work on several campaigns at the same time. You know the creative teams are often involved in multiple campaigns at different you know places in the timeline, but at the same time. Where the and and it's often the bigger things, the tier one projects, the the films, the bigger campaigns, as such, where the internal they kind of grab it when it goes down in the in the tier model, so to speak, where it's more the day to day content where you have you have aligned on the frame. This is the frame you need to operate within. So often the creative agencies are you know shaping the frame, shaping the brand message, the overall brand uh, or the campaign idea. And then the internal agencies often work within that framework. So they have to come up with the next product launch within the existing framework. And what I often see is that they have to do more smaller things faster. So it's not necessarily that they work. I don't think they work harder than external agencies. It's two different things. Uh it's also hard to come up with with brand new things from blank piece of paper. Uh, sorry. Um, so so it's two different things. I think um the external agencies are working on different campaigns at the same time, but they do often have a bit longer time frame to work within, where some of the agencies that we see, they have like Set aside two or three hours to come up with something. Write a blog post in the next two hours or something like that. So it's it's a it's another way so that it's it, so they just don't have the time to be you know to step back and wait for the inspiration and say hmm I wonder why I feel now because then you the time is up. So so that's that's why I think you know it's also different things that we're talking about when I talk about bringing in the externals. That's of course higher up in the hierarchy, breaking, you know, try to make more creative ideas from the in- in-house agencies, uh, so to speak.
0: Okay. I want to shift gears a little bit um, and let's talk about risk um, because risk management is one of those other things that, you know, come up in the debate of in-house versus external. You know, the the risks are different. Um, you know, again, you can put more pressure on internal resources than you can on an agency um, and talk to me a bit. I mean, you know, you've got data security, you've got intellectual property, compliance, risk to timeline. So I'd like to hear your perspective on risk and risk management when you're keeping things internal versus um, outsourcing.
1: I mean, it's it's obviously easier to, to manage risk internal because you can make that that loop in the process saying now it's going through through legal and they can even, you know, sometimes when we work with the, let's call it black pen, black black ink, white paper idea, you can actually send this through legal and say, so this kind of idea, we know we haven't written up any copy and we haven't taken the photo. Do you see any risk in that? So that's more like the yeah, the, the overall compliance thing then, I mean, a lot of times when you work with external agencies, they finish more before they show it to you. So they, so, so you could spend more time on something that's not working or you're not allowed to say, depending, of course, on, on, on where, what kind of business you're, you're in. I mean, so there's a lot of things here in Europe, uh, very reg- regulated. Um, um, <clears throat> and something that's more... <laughs> easy going um so it's it, it, it really depends on, on what kind of business that you are you're working with um I think if, there's so many different levels of risk because you could also have what I've seen sometimes is when you try to build an in-house agency and you bring in more creative people but they really don't work in that environment because they're used to I don't know different settings then you, you have the risk of them, being complacent and losing their edge and so on and and uh and that's why i think you know external agencies you can you can ask for the i actually think the opposite of you the external agency you can put more pressure on you can say i want this by monday i don't really care how you do it how many people you bring in or how many pizzas you bring to the office if if <laughs> mon- <laughs> it's going to be monday right and then and then they have to 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 scale up bring in freelancers and so on where internally, it's a bit different, especially in Scandinavia, where I'm from, where it's, you know, there's a lot of rules on how much you're allowed to work and and, and, and so on. So, so, and, and there it takes more, it's just more difficult to bring in freelancers in terms of having them signed uh, NDAs and compliance and working with the same computer systems and and yeah, and within your own framework and so on. So I don't know. I think, I mean, both sides has its risk and, 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 and what do you call them? Possibilities and so on. Um, But, but of course, for, 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 in terms of, of, of knowing what you're doing and putting it on, on the right platforms and knowing, you know, you can actually have something live on a certain time because you can easier, you know, you can walk those 50 miles to the legal department and say, now you need to look at this. Um, and we need to to make sure that it's, it's it's compliant. That that is an advantage, I
0: think. Okay, um, and you hit on something else that I want to dive into a bit more. And you talked about the talent and you know bringing people internal, like you you know that some people do feel like that they kind of lose their edge doing the same thing all the time. So when you are making the decision on what to keep in house versus outsourcing um how do you think about it from a talent development perspective like if you are bringing people in house how do you keep them fresh and current and you know not feeling redundant versus if you're you know working with external and then i mean even with external sometimes you know if it's the same people on your account for a really long time like you could run into those same challenges so what are your thoughts around talent management and development on both sides of the house
1: yeah i mean i had that thought. like i don't know it's like it's in 12 years ago when i turned to the dark side and went in house and i thought this is the place where creative people go to die um but but actually there was a there's a lot of people i wouldn't say like me but kind of like me maybe it's the place they are in their life where they they have kids, so maybe they, they look for the more stable work life. Um, but they're still good. They still have some, some great campaigns under their hood, uh, so to speak. Um, so So it's different kind of people, but it does also for, for us, it's also at different levels a lot of the time. So you're not looking for the rock stars. Sometimes you're looking for the, the, the craftsmen, uh, the workers and so to speak. Uh, so that's one thing. And I actually think it's, it's not that difficult to attract. I thought it would be, but, but actually there's a lot of people who've been in the advertising agency and also, you know, kind of burned out and, and, and want to have, you know, more stable work life. Maybe I had like, I, I, I was really only working when I was at advertising agencies on the campaign campaign, the idea, and then it was handed over to someone else. And I like to, f- follow things through and see oh maybe we could do something funny on the website or something like that with this idea but that wasn't possible when I was in that external agency because we had to build all the hours very strict so there's no time to play around on on the outskirts of the of the big idea <laughs> so so that's one thing what we're doing is is really f- focusing on the creativity so we we have uh, monthly sessions where we look at what's the best from from Cannes, for instance, the Cannes uh, Lion Festival, or, or other af- advertising festivals. Uh, we have external people coming in, giving talks about what's going on in films or or law, for instance. <laughs> we, uh, there's a lot of regulation right now about you know the whole sustainability, ESG, so and so. What are you allowed to say? Maybe that's not that inspirational, but it could it could be um so, so that's one thing I also run a school uh once a week where where we bring our people in I'm not teaching I'm teaching one night but we have guest teachers from around the, the world coming in and teaching on on such, certain subjects so we try to bring people back to to school and see just showing them cases and say this is how you could do it and so on so to so try to to challenge them uh in a way but I mean it is difficult when you sit there and you have lunch with people every the same people every day, and and then say, "Oh, let's try something completely different." When it's actually easier to to not do that, um, so so, I mean, it's it's easier not to to create that conflict and say, "I think I want to try something completely different now," um, instead of just doing <laughs> what you did last time.
0: Yeah, I know. That's one reason I love being on the consulting side is there isn't that sort of political dynamic. So it is really easy to like, come from way left to say, you know, how about this? Um, But I do think that that does go back to what you talked about in it really being a blended strategy. Um, And I also think it, it ties as well to just comfort in, you know, the team that you're with and having a really healthy environment that, you know, encourages different ideas and dialogue. Um, And I also think that that happens on, you know, when you're working with external agencies, like you talked about, sometimes when it comes to like billable hours, feeling like you got to stay focused on, you know, just the one task at hand. And I do think that that is also a risk when it comes to outsourcing is in some cases, that mandate for the agency can be so stringent that it does actually stifle creativity. So I do think that that's something that whether you opt to give work, you know, to an internal team or external or some blend of both is both teams do need to have some creative leeway to be able to ideate and bring new ideas to the table and feel comfortable about that.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. So, yeah, that's one thing I actually missed. We do the creative review, which uh, no, I don't see a lot of that in, in, in internal agencies. We used to do it a lot at external agencies. So every month, just put whatever you have. And that, uh, I'm, I'm that old. So we put everything on the wall because it was very old-fashioned print. No, I mean, we, we also printed the digital stuff. But just to put it up and say, does it look aligned? Is it the same brand? Is, is this good? Why did it go from this idea was kind of good to this more boring stuff out here what was it in the process that made it you know turn turn to the worst or something like that so 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 also focusing on the on on the creative culture in in an in-house agency and i think that's that's what a lot of companies are missing it's like they really think they can just bring in experts or creative people and just place them in the marketing department and just say do your do your magic over here, and that's that. Then I think you will lose uh, at a long long game.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah, this has been a great sort of different flavor of the debate, and really focusing on you know the creatives and where that talent sits, and you know talking about our challenges is just the first step. And nothing changes if nothing changes. And so, in traditional therapy, the therapist gives the client some homework, but here at Revenue Rehab, we like to flip that on its head and ask you to give us some homework. So, for the heads of marketing that are listening, you know, that own the creative resources and have that struggle of how do we, you know, how do I craft the right blend of where my creative resources sit? What would be the first step you would recommend for them? Cuz I think you hit on a lot of the pros and cons. Um, So where do people start in figuring out what that blend looks like for them?
1: I think they have to look at their entire process. So take maybe sometimes it makes sense to do a reversed engineering on the last campaign or something. Like I said, we ended here. How do we get to here? Who did what, when and so on? And actually look at that process. How much time did we spend here? Did we go back and forth? who did what. So so I that's that's one of the things, actually looking at the workflows. And normally you could you could just do one or two bigger workflows for, for campaigns. The other thing is looking at who do we use for what. For a lot of the time you buy an entire advertising agency for everything, the full service. So you get both the let's call them rock stars uh, at the top who great who do the really great creative work, come up with a lot of creative ideas, but you also buy the entire house. Um, especially in Europe, uh, it's 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 like that. And maybe sometimes it, it makes sense for for the CMOs to look at or the CFOs to look at, you know, are we buying too expensive craftsmen at at the external agencies instead of just buying the creative people and buying the idea, and then we could actually do it ourselves. We could do more formats, more variations of the same content once we bought that, main idea so that would be my second takeaway which is i think two is enough but but uh, <laughs> but um but 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 really look at what are you buying uh where um so and, and a lot of times you can buy it you you know you can buy the really 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 great creative people uh it's not that expensive i mean and it's worth it to to bring them in and sit with your team uh, and actually do something together some of them will some of them won't work in that way and then you figure out who who want to do this and it's fun i mean most of the people i know working in marketing they they chose that because it's fun they, yeah. uh, if, if if they wanted to look at, at at spreadsheets they would have been accountants or something like that and i think it's also about bringing the fun back in the marketing Uh, department and not just outsource the fun part of it and doing the the boring stuff uh, ourselves.
0: Yeah. So thinking about your takeaway, just to summarize it for those listening, it is to reverse engineer your last initiative. So pick something big, identify how you got where you got, who did what, what you were outsourcing, what you kept inside, um, and really evaluating what you know, was that the best approach? Um, Because I do like a lot of the points that you're making around figuring out where each thing should sit uh, or where each part of the process should sit, but then also really having those places where it is truly collaborative. And that is something I do see that's missing. A lot of times it is something is handed to the external party or chosen to be maintained exclusively internal, but there is some benefit, especially strategically in having both collaborate together. And I think that that is a really, really great place for everyone to start because, you know, whether you're questioning your blend of resources or not, it's always good. You know, we're at the end of the year, take an assessment of how things work this year and figure out what changes you should be making going into the next year. Um, well, Casper, I have enjoyed our discussion, but that's our time for today. But before we go, tell us how can our audience stay connected with you and definitely do the shameless plug for the book?
1: Yeah, I have it here. So we're filming. So it's called <laughs> Win, Win Win House. And that's uh, that's also the website dot com. Uh, so you can find me there or you can find me on LinkedIn. I have a very unusual last name. It's only me my two kids and my father who has it. So you can also you can probably Google it and find it. Um, so I think I think that's it. Um, this is the guide for anyone who don't want me involved. We, I wrote down everything I learned from working with Mursk and Saxo and uh, George Jensen about how building in-house creative teams. So if you don't want anything to do with me, take the playbook and, and, uh, and use it shamelessly. <laughs>
0: Well, awesome. Well, we will make sure to link to both your LinkedIn and the book um, so that people can connect with you and also continue to learn from you. So wherever you are listening or watching this podcast, check the show notes. We will have those links there for you. Well, Casper, thanks so, so much for joining me. I can't believe we are already at the end.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Brandy, for having me. It was it was fun. I mean, I, I really love these talks. Uh uh, even though sometimes you get a bit derailed, but uh, but uh, it's 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 really nice talking about all these questions with uh, yeah in-house and marketing as such. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you. And thanks, everyone else, for joining us. I hope that you have enjoyed our discussion. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Revenue Rehab with your host, Brandy Starr. Your session is now over, but the learning has just begun. Join our mailing list and catch up on all our shows at RevenueRehab.Live. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Revenue Rehab. This concludes this week's session. We'll see you next week.